talks right here We gon' talk about it right here We gon' talk about everything you like I'ma make it real, real clear It's today's talks right here We gon' talk about it right here I'ma talk about everything you like I'ma make it real, real clear Cause it's today's talk And I'ma talk about it Yeah, cause it's today's talk And I'ma talk about it Welcome to this special episode of Tanae Talks. Remember, Tanae Talks and you listen. Tanae Talks is the podcast that educates and entertains. Today, I have an episode that hopefully educates you more than entertains you, as I'll be talking about Black women's health, specifically pap smears, leap procedures, and cervical cancer, and any questions Um anything related to Black women's health um, that will keep her alive. So I have with me Dr. Sierra Cuthbert. Dr. Sierra Cuthbert graduated from Michigan State University College of Osteopathic Medicine class of 2012. She completed her OBGYN residency at Hurley Medical Center and she's currently practicing as a board certified OBGYN in Flint, Michigan. I also have with me the Tia Scott, aka Tia the Writer. Tia Renee Scott, also known as Tia the Writer, is a freelance writer who specializes in bios and mission statements for businesses and individuals. In her spare time, she also blogs about her own personal account of hip-hop and Flint music culture. Her work has been published in several online publications, including Flintside, The Goods Media, and her own music platform, The Dope Show. She hails from Flint, Michigan, and resides in Arizona with her daughter and trustee MacBook. So welcome to the show, Tia and Dr. Sierra Cuthbert. Thank you so much for having me. And that, that was an amazing <laughs> intro today. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much. <laughs> you guys, thank you so much for being here uh, today. I can show you, I wore my Made in Flint shirt since, we're, since we all were made and developed in Flint, Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. So, uh, welcome to the show. How y'all feeling? Pretty good. Pretty good. Nice Saturday. Yeah. It's a nice little great. You feel great? Y'all look great? Oh, thank you. So do you. Thank you. Black don't crack. Right. <laughs> Y'all looking real youthful like you take care of yourself. Trying to. Trying to. <laughs> Wonderful. So today's episode was sparked because uh, Tia shared uh, her story about her cervical cancer scare. And in the same week that she shared her story, I also realized that I had a cervical cancer scare where my uh, black OBGYN uh, recommended that I have surgery to remove some precancerous cells. And so we have with us the phenomenal uh, black woman obstetrician gynecologist. If you didn't know what OBGYN meant, that's what it meant. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> people don't be knowing these uh what is it uh the acronyms <laughs> they don't know what it means <laughs> so we got dr sierra cuthbert here because she works in a, a city or an area that she predominantly serves 
African-American women to make sure that our health is on point and that we don't die out here with yes. these <laughs> health disparities. So I'm going to mm -hmm. play a little snippet really quickly of Tia. Uh -oh. Sorry, technical difficulties. And if you notice how many times... Wrong clip. Okay, here we go. And if you notice how many times I use the word decide in this post. Okay, no. Sorry. I'm going to stop. Oh, no. All right, we're just going to get into the story. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're just going to get right into it. So, Tia, you... You had, you shared a blog story, an audio story and a blog story about how a black woman saved your life. And can yes. you expound on that a little bit for my listeners? Yes. Um, well, um, most of the doctors that I've ever had, um, specifically gynecologists have been white, like white men and white women. And um, about several years ago, probably like maybe eight years ago, um, a white doctor told me like, um, First off, I just want to say this. When I was getting the pap smear, it was a white woman. Um, she was trying to insert the speculum. And I have kind of like a tilted kind of pelvis. So you have to kind of go in a little uh, more, you know, to reach my cervix. And so she said something along the lines of, do you even have a cervix? Where is it at? And I thought that was so rude. That's um, very rude. <laughs> yeah, it's very rude. So she actually ended up going to get someone else to come in and insert the speculum. And like, like, I'm sitting there with my legs open and like, you know, in the stirrups. And she's like, I'll be right back. That's never happened to me before in my life. So she went and came and got this, this other white woman and she came in and, you know, stuck it right in. And it was just like really embarrassing. But um, after that, imagine. yeah. So, so before you move on, you said you have like a tilted pelvis. Yeah, it's it's not really tilted. It's just like kind of hard to find. It's um, it's just something I've always dealt with all my life getting pap smears. Can I chime in for a minute? Yes. yes. So everybody's body is different, okay. and when we put in the speculum, you insert the speculum and then you open it up in hopes that that cervix pops in. Sometimes people have different shaped uteruses, or they are in different planes. So we say some of them are retroverted, meaning tilted back. Some are, some of them are antiverted, tilted forward. So depending on where that cervix and uterus is, when you put the speculum in, you're not always able to find it. So you do have to put it in a little bit deeper, of course, being gentle, then open it up, and then the cervix will pop in. So everybody's completely different. No woman is the same. Oh, wow. Thank you for that. How, you. how old were you made aware about your cervix being uh, tilted, so to speak? Um, when I got pregnant with my daughter, I was 17. Okay. And um, it actually, that was like my first kind of like um, pelvic exam when I went in for my first like uh, prenatal care visit. And my doctor was like, oh, okay, I have to kind of go a little bit deeper in you may experience this throughout your lifetime. Like doctors may tell you that. So I already knew that, mm -hmm. but I never really had a doctor act like it was kind of like a, a task to do it. Like it was really difficult to find my cervix. So that doctor who found the abnormities 
on my cervix, she just kind of, she's like casual, like you may want to get a colposcopy in the future. She didn't really, you know, tell me how serious it was. And so me being a little younger, I just was like, okay, I'll get it one day. I don't, I don't really so care if it's not an issue. She didn't have a sense of urgency. So yes. Dr. Cece, um, for those who don't know, what exactly is a colposcopy and, and, and how urgent should that particular uh, healthcare provider have been with her? So the past couple of years, our standards of when we do colposcopies have changed. So I'm gonna go back to the pap smear. The pap smear, when we do the pap smear, we go ahead, insert the speculum, look at your cervix, and we use that little brush. What that brush does is get microscopic cells off your cervix, we send it to the pathologist, and then the pathologist reads it to us. They tell us if it's normal, atypical abnormality, a low-grade abnormality, high-grade abnormality, precancerous, or cancer. They can tell that from the pap smear. So when we get those reports back, now, most of the time, the reports, if you're over the age of 30 or have a atypical abnormality, the reports also have that HPV or human papillomavirus mm -hmm. attached to it. You guys know what that is? Yes. Oh, can you explain yeah. it to the listeners who may not know? They may have heard it or seen it, but don't quite understand it. Yep. So human papillomavirus or HPV actually causes over 90% of cervical cancer. It also causes throat cancer, penile cancer as well. But if you have a pap smear abnormality plus one of the high-risk HPV viruses, then you should definitely get a colposcopy. Now, if you have a negative pap smear, negative HPV, no, you don't need a colposcopy, but there's different stages. Like I said, the atypical abnormality, low-grade abnormality, high-grade abnormality, precancerous or cancer. So it depends on what your abnormality is at that time. And it goes by your age. If you need a colposcopy, the colposcopy is me getting a deeper look into what actually is going in, going on in that cervix. We actually use a big old microscope. When we insert the speculum, we see your cervix. We use this big old microscope where we look at the cervix. I stain it with two types of solution. One of them is a vinegar type solution called acetic acid. So I put that on your cervix. Once I look at it through the microscope, if I see anything abnormal, meaning if something turns white, it's some vessels that pop up that weren't there before. I know that's the spot I need to look at. Then I use another darker solution. It's called Lugol's. It's kind of like an iodine solution, but then I put that on your cervix as well look back under my microscope and if anything does not stain that deep dark brown color I know it's something wrong and so with the colposcopy which is actually the biopsy part I can biopsy a bigger piece of your cervix maybe like it's not even a half an inch it could be a half an inch or a little bit more of your cervix so that way instead of the microscopic cells from pap smear I have a bigger piece of your cervix that I send to the pathologist so the pathologist can look at it under the microscope. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's so, <laughs> thank That's you. We needed to know, girl. <laughs> because no, may, and maybe it's the timing, you know, it's not explained in such detail. 
the only OBGYN that well, I... All my patients get that explanation. So that's why I'm just able to spur it out because I no, tell no. them exactly that. <laughs> you said that like, go to the store and get this grocery list. <laughs> <laughs> she knows what she's talking about. So if you're in the Memphis area or Genesee County area, y'all need to go see Dr. Cece. I know she might have a wait list. What, what insurance you take? All of them. Okay, she's saying mm. all the insurance. Holler at your girl. Medicaid, Blue Cross Blue Shield, Health Plus, whatever you Tennessee got. Tennessee Health Plan, everything. <laughs> she takes everything. So I've only had one OBGYN in my lifetime that was as transparent and so and, and educational like you, and that was Dr. Maddie Scott Phillips. Um, and I love that. Lover, lover, lover. I love her. And, you know, I, when people ask me for a recommendation, I say Dr. Maddie Scott Phillips or Dr. Sierra Cuthbert in, in, in the Flint, Genesee County area, because you treat every patient not like a nail salon. Like, I got to hurry up and get you out of here and go to my ne next patient. You don't treat patients like that. You really take time to educate. And that's what people need so that they can make better health care decisions. Mm -hmm. So back with Tia. So then you had this rude experience. So so then yeah. what happens? So then I just went along my life. And um, when I got to Arizona and at my big age, now I'm 38. Um, this <laughs> this happened. <laughs> oh, thank you. Not at all. <laughs> thank you. Um, I just kind of changed my disposition when I got to Arizona. Um, I said, you know, I want... I want a black dentist. I want a black doctor. I want a black female doctor. I want a black female therapist. Yeah, like I want all, like everything, and, you know, and not even to be like, you know, discriminatory. I'm not, not that. It's just, I wanted my healthcare providers to really understand me and my concerns. Mm -hmm. So I ended up finding, um, I went on ZocDoc. It's like a app that you can like find uh, doctors in your area. And I found this black woman doctor named Dr. Jennifer Muhammad. And I went to her and my first woman care visit, that's when she found the abnormal cells. And she was like, have you ever had an abnormal pap smear? And I said, yeah, this was years ago. It was no big deal. And she put it to me like, no, it's a very big deal, especially with you being your age um, and having a, an abnormal pap smear before. And so she recommended, she referred me to um, another doctor that could do the colposcopy because she couldn't do it in her office. Um, that doctor was a woman of color. She's a Mediterranean woman, mm -hmm. super sweet and about her business. Um, I went and got the coposcopy, which you had one before, right, Tanae? Yes, yes. Yeah, so you, <laughs> you know, it's, it's very different from a, a normal pap smear. Um, it's a little longer, it's a little extensive, but I got that done. And she was like, within the week, I had to get the surgery. They found a lot of precancerous cells and some had already turned into cancer. Mm -hmm. And she was like, you haven't experienced any abnormal bleeding. And I'm like, no, my periods come like clockwork every 28 days. I've never had any regular periods, any nothing. Mm -hmm. And um, she was like, wow, you've gone so long. Like, had you had the colposcopy when that, you know, when the white doctor initially told you yeah then it would be no issue but now like this is you really have to go in and have surgery or else if you skip this you will have cervical cervical cancer what were your immediate feelings about that it didn't feel real yeah because i didn't have any symptoms i was i'm super healthy i really take care of myself and i was like I, this is 
hmm, nothing kind of pinpointed that something would be wrong, especially down there. So I was, it didn't feel real. I couldn't get scared or anxious. It just felt like surreal. And, and, and so similar uh, to Tia, uh, Dr. S uh, Sierra asked the question earlier about have we ever had an abnormal read before? So pre previously, just like Tia, I went to an OBGYN where I had an abnormal read, but that's pretty much where I want to say pretty much left that. She said, you, she, and she used these words, you might have HPV. She said might. She said you might have HPV. And so at the time I had just, I was 30 years old. So she said, well, let me go see if you can get this vaccine. So she said, well, you passed the age of the vaccine. It only goes to 29. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to give it to you anyway. <laughs> right? So she gives me a, a shot. She says, do you want me to give you this shot? I was like, well, if you're saying I need it, Sure, <laughs> you know, this is, but like, again, it's not like how Sierra was just uh, being explanatory to us. It just was not explanatory. It was like, well, yeah, I'm like, do you think I need it? She's like, yeah, it won't hurt. So I get the first shot. She was like, you're going to have to come back, get a second. She said it would be three shots. I came and got the second shot. When it was time for the third shot, I guess my insurance didn't cover it anymore. And it was going to be an astronomical amount that I did not have. So I said, well, I ain't getting this third shot. And I went on with my life, right? <laughs> went on with my life. Uh, the following year, I had another pap smear. And this time, there was nothing abnormal about it. So the first, when I had this particular lady, she said that it was abnormal. The following year, no abnormal read. So again... I'm thinking, well, maybe that lady didn't know what she was talking about. And I already had felt the ways about healthcare disparities with black women anyway, and just getting false information from non-women of color or non-people of color practicing medicine. And when I moved to Texas, where I currently reside, I was told from my doctor friends that people uh, covet or do their best to practice in, te in Texas because it's so lenient on malpractice lawsuits that people want to practice here because basically you can get away with anything. The, basically the patient's complaints don't mean anything. So I'm already feeling a ways knowing this information from my doctor friends and I'm just like, you know, what's going on? Again, nothing weird, nothing abnormal, you know, happening. And here in Texas, they made it that you can only get a pap smear every three years. Is that the same where you are, uh, yeah. Tia or yeah, Dr. Cece? So that's the recommendation upheld by like our college, um, ACOG, ASCCP. So those are the recommendations. What I tell my patients is I'm not letting you go three years. Like you can skip a year. I'm fine with that. But every other year, at least you need a pap smear, especially if you've had anything abnormal in the past, because I've seen people go that three and some people recommend five years and they come back and it's cancerous. Like Ooh. I've had to diagnose a couple who they came to me, they've had abnormals in the past, but their doctors told them to, nope, we'll just go ahead, let you go a couple years and they come to me and it's cancerous already. So I don't let anybody go that three years. Insurance will pay for it. 
Okay. Um, so you can do that every one or every other year. Insurance will pay for it. Doctors are going by that just because it's the recommendation. Okay. But you don't have to upheld, uphold that. Can I tell you something about the whole like HPV and because I keep hearing you guys say they kept saying I had abnormal. I kept I have abnormal cells. So HPV virus, if you ever had sex, you've probably had it. Um, that's why they're trying to push the kids who turn 12 to get this okay. immunization or um, vaccination. So that way their bodies will be able to fight off them getting the bad HPV. For us, it was too late. We were not in that age where we should have ever got the vaccination. So they should have never gave it to you because we were past <laughs> 30. <that. laughs> um, but that's why they're giving it to you now. And when you go to your doctors and they tell you, oh, you might have HPV or, oh, you have abnormal cells. What kind of abnormal cells do I have? What HPV do I have? Do I have HPV 16? Do I have 18? Do I have the, one, the two that are bad? Those are the two that are bad. What do you mean it's abnormal? Okay, is it atypical? Is it a low-grade abnormality, high-grade abnormality? So you have to be empowered to know that. They should be offering that to you, telling you, yep, this is your diagnosis. You shouldn't be saying, oh, it's just, I have abnormal cells. You make them tell you what it is. Wow. I was literally today years old <laughs> when I found out there were different types of HPV. <laughs> Same here. Same I'm thinking here. like, what? <laughs> <laughs> wow and, and so so that was so after that happened I hadn't went to an OBGYN in a while but just like Tia recently you know with everything that was been going on in the world I was like let me get back to a black OBGYN so I found one close to me and I went in and Ladies, if you don't know, you can get what is called a wellness check every year. And with your wellness check, you don't even have to pay your copay. It is just a part of your insurance for you to get your wellness check. I get my wellness check. She says, whoo, abnormal cells. Let's look at this further. We get colposcopy. After colposcopy, she's like, whoo, we need to do a biopsy. <laughs> then after biopsy, she's like, yeah, we need to go ahead and have surgery. And so when Tia had her story and was just like a woman, a black woman and a woman of color to save my life, I just felt that the same about my OBGYN. Shout out to Dr. Brown. I felt like she saved my life. And, and just like Tia, you know, I didn't have any abnormal periods. It becomes like clockwork. Everything's pretty much working order down there. <laughs> so, I was just like, oh, wow. But I cried. Um, I, mm -hmm. I cried. Um, I, I cried because when you hear the C word, the C word is scary to me. And in my lifetime, I've just had a lot of trauma in my life. And not to say, you know, that my trauma is different from anybody else, but it affects people differently. So because I had a lot of trauma in my life, and as I'm waiting for this surgery, I'm thinking to myself, well, of course I'm going to have cancer. Mm. It, it's going to be full-blown cancer because why wouldn't it be? All random stuff always happening to me that's traumatic. This won't be any different. So I, you know, I cried and basically was bracing myself for the worst and be like, this is what it's going to be. And um Praise God, I, I had the procedure. Uh, I was calling Tia about it, like, did it hurt? And <laughs> the, the other thing about insurance, and maybe Dr. Zizi, you can, you know, touch on this. Another woman might feel this way. I had, 
I have insurance, good insurance, right, quote unquote, um, but I have to meet a deductible. And so my insurance wouldn't cover. I had to pay a thousand dollars out of my own money to get this procedure. And due to healthcare rules, my doctor wouldn't even let me unless I had it paid in full on the day of. I wouldn't have been able to even get touched. So I cried again because I was like, what about the many millions of women out there who who did, weren't blessed enough to have $1,000 on hand and then cancer is festering in their body. They don't have the same outcome at me as me where it would have not been, it's not cancerous, you know, just due to copay. copay. So unlike Tia, I did not, I wasn't able to go under uh, anesthesia because that would have cost me extra money. And, but the doctor, <laughs> yes. But the doctor told me that I needed to have this procedure done. So you guys, I had the surgery with no anesthesia and I got this, I smelled the burning. Um, it hurt. I got to feel the pains of it, even though mm-hmm. they tried to numb it, I still felt it. And I, I just felt horrible. And I, I, I feel horrible, not just for me. I feel horrible for the w- women like me in my position who can't, could, couldn't afford it even though I'm considered middle class, right? So so we can't, I, I, insurance companies get on my nerve. I fight with them all the time. Mm-hmm. And like, if my patients are having something like that where they can't pay, like we try to urge them, can you change insurance? And we try to give them different resources, but definitely not holding the procedure back until you pay me a certain amount. I don't really care about that. All I care about is helping you out and making you get better because that's what I went to school for. That's what I took the oath for. Um, I don't do. So did you get to the leap procedure and Tia, did you also get the leap procedure? Because there's different procedures that you can get to help that are different. I got a cone. Um, cone knife colonization. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then today you got, I got the leap. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the two different treatments when you have an abnormal cell, because like the colposcopy, we still get a little bit bigger chunk, but then we go on to possible treatment and more of an extensive diagnosis. And that's in the form of the one cold knife colonization or the leap procedure. The LEAP procedure is just a loop electrosurgical excision procedure. That's the big old name for it. But the cold knife cone, they're both different. Cold knife cone is where we actually put you under anesthesia. You go to sleep. We dye your cervix again with that really brown dye so that we can see if anything is abnormal. And then we literally cut a cone-shaped piece out of your cervix with a knife. Mm -hmm. And then that piece, we send it to pathology, see what's going on. The LEAP procedure can be done in the office. Most people will say that it's painful, no matter how you numb it up or whatever you try to do. But it can be done as an in-office procedure, which is less costly. And most insurances like to pay for that. But you actually take (laughs) a little loop wire. That loop wire heats up. You go and you take a chunk of that cervix. It normally looks like a square mm-hmm. piece of the cervix, but you go in and you take that piece out of the cervix, um, of course, send it to pathology. Now, the good thing about both of the procedures, when you take out those abnormal cells, hopefully 
when your cervix starts to heal and regrow, you regrow new cells that are not cancerous, that don't have that HPV virus in it. So it's a treatment and another diagnostic because that big old piece we take out, the pathologist can say, look, it's just this high-grade abnormality, nothing to worry about, or it's actually cancer. Wow. I've learned so much today. <laughs> I'm literally like blown away. Um, but I am, I'm on Zoom and I didn't upgrade. So uh, <laughs> we got a few more minutes to close this wonderful talk out. We're going to have to do a part two um, okay. because there's so much more. <laughs> so much more to talk say about. something really quick. I'm sorry. No, keep going. I, we got, we got a little bit um, as far as insurance, um, I'm a freelance writer. Um, I don't have like a steady a nine to five. So I have state insurance. I have like Medicaid. And so I was afraid that, you know, when she said, oh, we have to have surgery like this week. I'm like, I don't have good insurance at all. She's like, no, it, it pays for everything. Yeah. And I'm like, everything? She's like, everything. Yeah. So, um, and that was my issue when I was in Flint. I figured since I was on Medicaid also in Flint, mm -hmm. um, that, I wouldn't be able to have anything done, you know, um, you know, as far as surgery, but no, that wasn't the case. And so I just want people out there that do have kind of like lower insurance. You can still get taken care of. You, they can still pay for these things. I like, don't be scared. You know, this is your health. So, you know, ask those questions. So that's, that's what I wanted to say about that. I'm so glad you said that, Tia. I want the world to know Medicaid is belittled as if it's the, ghetto of insurances but the gag is it's really top-notch insurance <laughs> yeah they will pay for everything like i i'm fine with people having medications yeah. i know they're gonna pay for it everything gonna get paid for it's gonna get it's gonna get paid for and so before we close out this phenomenal talk i want you guys you ladies to give my listeners a takeaway moving forward um based on what we discussed today Dr. Sierra, you can start. I just want women to be empowered. Know what's going on with your body. Ask the questions. Okay, you say I have precancerous cells. Is there a specific name? You say I have HPV. What virus do I have? What are the next steps? Mm -hmm. You need to know what people are doing with your health care. You shouldn't walk out the doctor wondering, well, why are they doing this? Why did they say I might have this? There should never be a might. The HPV virus is something detected in the lab, and it's either you have it or you don't. It's not possible. So never walk out of there unsure. Ask questions. And yes. yes, the same. Honestly, I just want to piggyback. Like, this is your health. You know, this is your life. Ask those questions. And if one doctor is saying something and it's just not feeling right, go to another doctor, you know, um, something that like, honestly, my, my inner circle always says is, you know, we're not trees, we can move at any time. This is in every aspect of life. If you don't really feel comfortable with, with one situation, you could just find another person. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, be on the lookout. There's great apps like ZocDoc. Everything is online. You, you can look for someone in your area who you can just try out and see if you trust, you know, just take this stuff serious because once you're in that position where your health is at risk like um it could be too late so just make sure you take this serious that's excellent information and i just want to say like tia said 
don't, if you have Medicaid or a different type of insurance that may not be the top insurance, ask those questions, call those 1-800 numbers on the back, ask your doctors what financing that they may have or what um, uh, free, free or grant programs they may have for you to be able to pay for your procedures. You can also, if you suspect that you have cervical cancer or any type of cancer, you can call the American Cancer Association and they'll put you with people in your area or the organization in your area to help you pay or offset some of the costs. And remember that you only have one life to live. When I realized that I had to pay that thousand dollars, I kept trying to get out of that. Like I kept asking my doctor, are you sure I need it? Are you sure I need it? And, and don't tell me that I need it just because, and you know, we have a lot of fear as black people when it comes to medical doctors anyway. So I'm like, are you just saying it because you want my money? And I literally asked this question and the nurse, uh, the medical assistant reached out to me and said, Dr. Brown is black like you. I'm black. She would not try to take your money. You know, you need this to see <laughs> what you have. And so then my spouse said, Tanae, whatever we got to do, we're going to pay for it because we only get you one time. Mm -hmm. So no matter what it is, try to find those opportunities and to my listeners out there, talk to your circle around you. Talk to a friend. Ladies, we need to continue to share these type of stories so that, and I'm glad you shared to you. Thank you because you inspired this talk today that we get stories like this out to encourage and help somebody else to take the next step as Dr. Sierra said. So thank you ladies for being on this talk. And in true Tanae Talks fashion, now is your time to give your shout out. So who you shouting out to you? <laughs> Uh, I want to, yeah, shout out to God, shout out to God, shout out to black women, <laughs> shout out to black doctors, um, shout out to us, shout out to you today, um, for, for this, this wonderful platform, seriously, like, like, I, I've been checking out a couple of episodes, I'm late to the party, <laughs> but you doing your thing. But you and, came, so it's all good. <laughs> so I want to shout out to God, too, and thank you, Tanae, shout out to you, because you are amazing. You are helping so many people right now. So big shout out to you and us as black women, as black people. And let's just stay empowered and educated. That's right. And I'm going to have you back on Dr. CC because there's so many things that we need to be educated on. Uh, healthcare disparities in black women is astronomical. And it really doesn't matter your socioeconomic status, as we can see what happened with Serena Williams. Um, so uh, thank you, ladies. Thank Remember, Tanae Talks, the podcast that educates and entertains. Bye. Bye. <laughs>